I don't know, man. You're breaking your streak of bands that have uh, B in their name with this new one now, Walking the Lion, Walking with Lions. It's, it's so funny you say that because I am in a lot of B bands. You have. You're like Grandmaster B, man. Like you, all these B bands. Yeah, I actually, um, when I was playing with the Black Star Rise earlier in my career, I wanted to put duct tape on the kick drum because we didn't have time to get a logo. So I did it like old school, like Abe Laborio for uh, Paul McCartney, and I put. BLS instead of Black Star Riders. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to That's me. What happens? Talk to me about how this band came to be walking with lions. Sean Lenoff, yeah, who's our manager. I was doing a band with him called Adam Flower. I was laying drums down for him, and he had a friend of his. His name was Kevin Hicklin. And long story short, we were doing a session for him, and there was a song that he was trying to write for Sean for the Adam Flower. And I guess it was just not flowing for Sean's vibe for that style of music. And then Ronnie King, which was our producer, he was like telling Sean, he's like, dude, let those guys go. They're writing some great stuff right now. And Sean was getting kind of upset because he's like, these, <laughs> I hired these guys to do a session and now they're off writing their own stuff. And <laughs> Kevin just like never knew who he was. He knew who I was because he was a huge fan of my first band called Switch. And uh, I was his favorite drummer, and it just worked. And for me, coming from, you know, the whole debacle of Breaking Benjamin that went down, it was like a kid in a candy store. It was like I, I could write music with this person and be a part of something. And uh, ever since, him and I just said, let's do something. Like, you know, on my off time, let's try to put something together. I would love, he's one of my favorite guitar players, real musical. Who else is in the band to round it out to get tell everybody? So Kevin brought his bass player, Frank, who played in the band with Kevin called Three by Design. Casey Honig, who I met through the new drummer of Breaking Benjamin, reached out to me, and I was working with him for three years, even before I knew Kevin. So I brought him in the mix. And then Casey Sprout, who's in Minnesota, is our guitar tech for Black Star Riders. So you really can't, like, make this story up. Um, <laughs> and the walking with lions totally makes sense, because you've ever been in a situation where you're in a group of people and just some people just use you for your status or, or what have you. And this is kind of a band that we're walking in a pack that everyone protects each other, doesn't use anybody. And we're just, you know, John Doe's, nobody special, no rock star status. And that's our pack. And um, I think it's a really great name because I think a lot of people can associate that with, oh, I've been there before. I've followed the wrong crowd or this or that. So hence why we came up with one. I love it. I love the name. And, and do we have any idea or, or time frame when we're going to have a, an album out? Single comes out February 1st on Spotify, iTunes, and all the different platforms. And then we're still writing, believe it or not. We have never been in the same room yet until next week. The guys are flying. Two guys are from L.A. I'm from P.A., the singers from Jersey, and the guitar players from Minnesota. So we're all over the place. <laughs> nice and, and spread uh, out. The way we've been writing is just sending files to each other, and I'll go down in the basement, and I'll lay down drums with no mics or technology, and I just use my phone, and then send it to them, Dropbox it, and back and forth sending files because of the technology that we have today. Wow. We're blessed to be able to do that far, far away from each other. Yeah. So this week, we're all meeting together, and we're going to really... We, we have about 12 songs, but when people say, oh, I got a song... Their ideas, right? You know, then you bring it to life, 
you cut out all the fat out of it or put fat in and basically, you know, then you go, okay, here's a couple ideas. Let's run with it. Let's jam it. Now we have the pleasure to be in the same room and actually explore what we're going to do for these songs. Yeah, let everyone put their own uh, their own style Correct. on it, their own stank on it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm a person from being a hired gun for many, 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 many years that when I came to the guys, this is what's going to happen. We're all going to be treated equally in, in this band. I don't care who writes what. Everyone's going to be an equal member. That means publishing or this or that, because to me, they're your brothers. So why should one person not be able to get exactly what the other person gets? Right. And I think that causes conflict down the road. So I want everyone to be treated equal. You know, they came into a band that's one not even established yet. You know, those are the things that I've always wanted to change about bands. You know, I hate the whole fact of, well, I wrote this and I wrote that and that person gets publishing and then this other person that helped, but maybe didn't write the chord progression, doesn't get anything. Right. Yeah, that's something that, you know, me being an outsider, just as a fan looking in, that was starting to really kind of open our eyes. You do always think it's all for one and one for all and, you know, quarter, you quarter, do. quarter. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people don't know that. And I don't think many people go and, you know, CD cover and go, oh, my God, Chad Saliga drumming on it. Maybe if you're a fan of mine or a connoisseur of just music, you might be excited to see those kind of things. But, you know, average person isn't going, oh, my God, this person wrote this. Oh, this is cool. This is cool. They care about just the song in its entirety. They don't even care who really played on it, to be honest with you. They just want to know what it made them feel like that day. Right. And they, that's our job. They could rock out to it. Correct. Vibe on it. Correct. Do we have a time frame when we'd like the album out, maybe, or, or too soon to even? Um, you know, just God willing that, you know, hopefully it'll be out you know, by next year, we're still, you know, a baby band and, and things have been going really great for us. And we have meetings with people and we've never done one show. We're talking about doing um, South by Southwest this March. We're getting ready for that. So we're still writing music as we're getting ready for a show. Call it, you know, backwards, if you would. <laughs> that was my next question. When are we going to get some live shows? So that South by Southwest is be the first thing. When is that, March? Yeah, sometime in March. We're doing it with a company that we are doing a, the single with named uh, Independent Ear. Ryan Block is his name. And so he took us on and uh, he's doing the South by Southwest with his company and his bands. So we're going to be doing that for right now. Cool. You know, since we're, we're talking today, we kind of wanted to go back through and go through those B bands that we were talking about and kind of mm-hmm. learn, learn. Uh, you know, like everyone says, how'd you get the gig, bro? So can we kind of walk backwards, I guess, start maybe start with uh, Breaking Benjamin. With the first B band? Yeah, the first <laughs> B band. Go back to the beginning of the B band. Yeah, so I was in a band called Switch, and I crossed paths with a band called Lifer before the two guys... Mark and Aaron were in the band Breaking Benjamin, but they were in the band Lifer. Mark now was not in the band. He was now in Breaking Benjamin, but Aaron Fink was in Lifer at this time. And we kind of crossed paths doing some shows together. And he just looked kind of like depressed. I'm like, what's wrong with you? He's like, I'm just not happy where I'm at. I'm like, well, if you're not happy, leave. Well, he goes to Breaking Benjamin and that's kind of history for him, for his career. So I did switch for a little bit, and uh band fell apart. I worked in a factory. Well, through all the years of playing,
playing drums and being blessed, I was able to get some endorsements. And Vader and drumsticks that I was endorsing for many years, I would call up regularly and say, hey, you know, if any band's firing a drummer because they represent drummers, let give me a heads up. And he goes, absolutely. And I just call monthly and monthly, boom. And then finally, they're like, Breaking Benjamin just got rid of their drummer. They're having auditions. Here's the drum tech. He told me to learn five songs. After that happened, uh, I sent a VHS tape. <laughs> wow, old school. Yeah, yeah, and we had technology at that time to have DVDs, but my ex-wife, I did it in, at my church in the basement, and uh, I learned the songs as I was playing them, basically. And I did it like a show. I just did front to back, not stopping, where you send a DVD into a band, you don't know how many times they played it. Right. You know, they could have altered it, whatever. We did it old school, like no editing, nothing. Just press play, and I record the drums. Even the PA, I was hitting the drum so hard that the CD skipped, and I still kept on playing through it. <laughs> and I believe things happen for reasons, you know, and I, I'm very uh, thankful that it happened the way it did because I don't know if I would have had the gig because they liked the way I played my showmanship, how I went into song and a song and my pedal broke. You can even see this on YouTube. My pedal breaks and I flip my foot over to the left slave pedal and I keep playing. And that's really what got me the gig. Wow. Yeah. Cause it, that's what could happen live at any show, but it didn't, you didn't miss a beat. Correct. Yeah. So I just kept the ball rolling. I never stopped. Wow. That's great. I, I played drums as a kid, so I know exactly, exactly what you're talking about. So how many years and records with, with the band? When I first got it, it was late 2005. I toured We're Not Alone. I played on the video sooner or later. I did drums for a heavier version for a song called Rain. And then I did Who Wants to Live Forever. After that happened, then I did Phobia. And then I did Dear Agony. Awesome. And then uh, the next B band, I guess, right? Black Label Society? <laughs> yeah. Talk to me about how that came about. Same thing through the drum manufacturer? I Will, no, I had Will Hunt that I've been a fan of his drumming. Yeah. He played for a band called Scrape. And right. then um, he was playing with Black Label. He did Dark New Day and then Black Label. And he called me up and he's like, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, nothing. It's like three, four in the morning. He's like, all right, do you know any Black Label stuff? And I'm like, I know Stillborn. Other than that, I don't know anything else, you know? And he goes, great, I'm going to send you a information for a flight. I need you to fill in for me. I got to go play back with Evanescence. Because he was doing Evanescence at this time and Black Label, but Evanescence took time off. So he was a drummer for Black Label. Right. I made a stipulation. Here's the deal. If Amy goes back in the studio, I have to leave and go back because I'm committed to her. Well, that happened. And now here I am. And I'm like, I don't know any black label stuff, bro. He's like, oh, don't worry. You'll be fine. You can play this in your sleep. So he's like, I'll call you with the logistics tomorrow. And then I guess John Kelly, who played in Typo Negative, uh -huh. was also on that tour. So they just had him finish. I wasn't even ready for the gig. And then I filled in for this band called Hourcast for their drummer. And we actually went on tour with Black Label. And uh. we were opening up. And I became such good friends with the bass player and the guitar player, Nick, that when drummer Mike Froge was playing with them, I got a phone call and they're like, dude, we love your drumming. You know, 
this dude is awesome, but he's just, we think you'd be better for the gig. Not saying that Mike sucks by any means because he's a great drummer. They just, I guess, like the way I drummed. And then I got the gig that way. Wow. Through relationships. I mean, that's that's the other thing, that, you know, that me being a novice looking from the outside in, the gig doesn't always go to the best drummer, the guy that can play the fastest or the most craziest. No, it's so all. much more than that that goes into, uh, into being in a band these days. To me, I mean, talent only gets you so far. It's the whole package. I mean, now mind you, yeah, you're supposed to be good when you've been playing for that many years. That's something that they expect. Right. But they want something more and beyond. Like, you just don't graduate college now anymore with a bachelor's. you got to get a master's or even a doctorate to even be looked at at jobs because already people have bachelor's, bachelor degrees. So what I'm saying is you've got to be super cool because you're going to be riding on a bus and working with these people 24-7. Yeah. All the years of me running my mouth and, and <laughs> saying dumb stuff and, you know, kind of wish I bit my tongue, but I didn't, and I learned the hard way. You just kind of grow up. And I still, you know, to this day, when someone tells me how to play a drum beat, it sucks to hear, you know, Ben would do that all the time. He'd be like, do this. And I'm like, you're not a drummer. <laughs> but he is a songwriter. So, you know, you kind of have to put your ego aside and say, okay, what do you hear? And I would be the type of idiot that would say, well, if you want, you know, that drum beat, hire, you know, Slater from Saved by the Bell, because I ain't playing that <laughs> drum beat. You know, and it was kind of those kind of arguments that Ben and I had musically. And it's like, dude, I've been drumming for 30 some years. I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to play something stupid. Let me do my job. You know, I'm not telling you how to sing. Right. So it's those kind of things that you grow up from and you mature. And then, you know, playing with Black Label and getting all the stuff that I did off, off of my chest to Ben and, and expressing things maybe not the most professional way on both of our ends, but learning from those mistakes and then playing with the rock icon who taught me a lot about the business. You know, he was a hired gun. He played for Ozzy. Right. So he was such a great guy to work for. I mean, he was one of my favorite bosses. And we still talk to this day and we joke with each other. Like, oh, his birthday comes up and I'll send him. I'll be like, hey, bro, I got you guitar lessons. You know, like, <laughs> if someone would say that to the actor, like, are you an idiot? Right. You know, but it's like we have that, that respect for each other. And I love him dearly. I was trying to do the math, but you'll know for sure. Were you in with uh, Zach during the sober years or was he still drinking then? Yes. Oh, I would have never played with him because I don't drink. So I don't know how I would have dealt with that. He was sober when I was with him. Yeah, because I'd imagine that'd be two totally different dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been in bands that people drink and, and they're obnoxious. I, and from what I've gathered, Zach wasn't like mean to his band by per se. He was just drunk. Right. You know, having a good time, you know, playing the same song 20 times on a bus over and over and over <laughs> again. And I'd be like, all right, dude, I'm sober. I can't deal with this. <laughs> but again, I, I'm glad I didn't see him in that setting i saw him as a, a really cool guy and i'm motivated and trying to better his craft he would practice every day and i do the same so to me him and i had that same kind of passion wow that's crazy to hear that zach is every still day. practicing to this day wow every day that's what makes him one of the greats wow let's get into the uh, the last b and, and still the current b right yeah it's on um, the story it's kind of weird now as i'm ta telling it is this is really how it happened. I hook up with Breaking Benjamin to another band because actually I forgot to tell you with Breaking Benjamin, just to backtrack. Sure. Aaron Fink knew that I played in Switch and he thought I was a good drummer. So when they let Jeremy go and they had Kevin Safar in BC, 
then they were like, all right, we're going to audition drummers. And he's like, I know a drummer, but I think he's brothers. That's the singer of Switch that I toured with. And they're like, oh, this was the first time. And they were like, well, then we can't hire him. So they got, I think, BC to fill in at that time. And that's when they were like, all right, that didn't work out. We need to do a real, like, full-blown audition. And then my name got brought up again. And they made a mistake because the lead singer and the guitar player of Switch were brothers, ah. not the drummer. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I missed my opportunity because I was supposed to meet those guys in Columbus, true story, and Dimebag Daryl got shot the night before, so they had to cancel the show. Wow. Because I was literally going to drive to Columbus because I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, so it was like three hours, and I was going to see the show and then in, introduce myself and then hopefully have that gig. And that then, didn't happen. So, you know, to me, the Lord's hand, you know, he deals my, my deck of cards. I, I don't, I just kind of say... Oh, don't do that. Oh, man, I don't want to play. Oh, okay, whatever. It's those kind of things where I, I don't choose it. It kind of chooses me. And then Black Label was through Breaking Benjamin Connections. And then now Black Star Riders was through Black Label Connections because I toured with a band called Ben Lizzie and Judas Priest. Right. And they were Ben Lizzie at the time. And then when they formed as BSR, Jimmy DeGrasso and them, I, I don't know exactly that whole story, but... As I came in, they were auditioning drummers, and Adam, their manager, used to watch me warm up in the dressing room and, like, spy on me. And he goes, what about Chad? And they're like, Chad? Chad who? They're like, drummer Black Label. They're like, we don't really know him. I mean, we said hi in this, but we didn't, like, kick it. Right. I was supposed to audition. I was played on a record at that time, and I was going to see my family after I was done doing a record with David Bendis. I was going home to see my family for Easter. And Adam calls me and goes, how would you like to play for the Black Star Riders? And I'm like, yeah, I'm actually looking for a gig, but I'm in the studio right now, and I'm going to see my family, so I can't audition. My family comes first. Right. And he goes, I said, can I send a video? So I sent a video while I'm visiting my folks on a kit that I bought for my father's, learning the songs like I did for Breaking Benjamin five minutes before <laughs> playing them. And then I got the Black Star Riders, and I've been with them for almost two years, which is crazy. And doing a record with them this coming week. So or next week, I'm sorry, after NAM. We're going to be here till in Cali till February 17th. And we got Christian now from Stone Sour and Damon Johnson just left not too long ago. And we wish him well, we wish him well because he's doing his own solo thing, which is really cool. Good luck with that, you know? Yeah. So this will be the, the first time that you and Christian get on record with the band. This will be the first, yeah, that, and it will be the first Black Star Riders record I've ever played on. Awesome, man. Any idea when that's going to come out? I have no clue. Probably next year. I believe they're going out to do Ben Lizzie. Okay. It's the 30 year anniversary. That makes Ricky, sense. Scott Gorham are in the band Ben Lizzie. Right. And then Damon Johnson was as in Ben Lizzie at that time. But now it's Robbie Crane, who's the bass player that used to play for Rat. It's kind of like a super group. Yeah, it really is. Well, Black that's. Star Riders. It kind of born out of that, out of Thin Lizzie and wanting to write new music and not calling it Thin Lizzie, so Black Star Riders. Yeah, I mean, Black Label has gone through so many people, too, and, and Thin Lizzie or Black Star Riders. They could start a football team and have a competition. <laughs> who's better? <laughs> you know, it's, it just takes time. You know, you do it for so long and then you kind of grow out of it and you're like, all right, I want to do this. It's not like, oh, we got in fights and this and that. It's like you just grow. Yeah. So, you know, Zach has never, in my mind, ever fired someone because they suck or anything. He hates to fire people. 
that's how cool he is. Usually it's the, the same when people leave Black Label, they make it. Like, you know, uh, Mike Inez, such a sweetheart of a guy, plays for Allison James. Yeah. But he was in Black Label. Robert Trujillo played in there. Now he's in Metallica. And right. Suicide Tendencies, and the list goes on and on. So it's not like Zach's like, oh, uh, he's happy for us. He wants us to do what we do and what we love to do. And I loved every minute playing with Black Label. But I had to, you know, make a decision when I was playing with Scott Stapp, just filling in that I was in overseas gig and I couldn't get there to rehearse. And I just said, I can't do it. I can't. I can't promise you that I'm going to be there. And it's not fair to you to wait. So he made that executive decision and said, I I'll have to play with Scott. Scott, talk to me about that. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah, that was cool until he had his whole blowout where he lost completely control over himself and had to go back and uh, figure out life and get back into the world, finding out that I guess he was bipolar. I I don't know (laughs) what it was, but I played with him. He was super cool, and then he just started getting really weirded out, and we just butted heads after... Uh the last part of my career with him. Well, hey, let me ask you one one last question here, and just uh, yeah. you'd kind of mention it, but talking about dime passing and you being a drummer and, and wanting to get your uh, thoughts and any interaction or experience with the late, great Vinnie Paul. That guy, and I can say I'm very blessed to meet a guy like that and, and have a friendship with him that when I filled in for another band's drummer, Adrenaline Mob, who got rest yeah. in peace, and Vinnie, that he passed away and I was supposed to fill in for AJ Hero. Yeah. When he was playing for, I'm going to say metal allegiance or something like that. It was like a a metal cover band and he blew out his shoulder and Mike Orlando, who I was friends with called me up and goes, AJ hurt his shoulder. Can you fill in for some shows? And I said, yeah, let me learn them. This was happening. He was going to give me the sticks. I was going to go on the shows and watch him play. And then when we got into Jersey at Starland Ballroom, he was going to give me the sticks, make the announcement and say, I'm a, I can't do the rest of the tour, but Chad, my bro is going to finish. I get a phone call the next day and goes, AJ didn't wake up. He died on the RV. Yeah, I remember when like, that happened. What? Wow. And then I had five hours to learn 17 songs. Thank God Mike Portnoy was there to help me out because he played on a lot of the stuff. Yeah, the first album. So I did a two-month run with those guys. You just you never know what's going to happen, especially being a hired gun most of my life. And the sad way of saying it is if someone dies or gets fired Yeah, is when I come to uh, do what I can that I'm blessed to do. Playing for the late great AJ Pearl was an amazing thing, but to tour with Black Label and did uh, Metallica, not Metallica, Mega, well, we did a couple shows with Metallica, but Megadeth, they have this big festival. It was us, Hell Yeah, Device, and, you know, Jason Newstead and a bunch of other bands. And uh, Gigantor. Yes, thank you. That's what I would always say uproar for some reason. <laughs> Gigantor. Yes, thank you. We did that run, and Vinny and I were always in the back of the bus playing NHL hockey. That was like religious for us for Black Label. It would be Nick, myself, JD, Brandon, our, our tech, and uh, Mark, our tour manager, and a bunch of other people playing hockey. And <laughs> I will never forget it. Vinny is totally out of his mind. Drunk. Right. 
talking crap to us playing hockey, and he just passes out while his hockey guy is spinning around the ring, <laughs> round and round, and we're like, and JD's trying, because he's amazing at NHL, and he's trying to get him, and we, we're like, what's going on? Finny, Finny, and he's like, <laughs> and he's sleeping, <laughs> and this guy would do anything, and I mean anything for anybody. He would cook like basically after the show, barbecue, make us steaks, ribs, you name it, and barbecue all the time for the bands. Who does that? Yeah, and serving drinks, I'm sure, too. caliber, he doesn't have to do that. No. And uh, telling me personal stories about his brother and, you know, the whole incident of when it went down. And when you hear it from the horse's mouth, it's not like seeing it on VH1. Yeah. Where they're interviewing. You're hearing in great detail like what's going on and it was just so touching for him to tell us something that's so dear to him and how he really misses his brother and when i played with the german mob and we played in his hometown we let we had him come up and play um oh what's that song the mob is back because they cover that and uh he gets on the microphone and goes Damn it, Chad. Give it up for Chad. Guy who plays with everybody. And just to hear that from Vinny Paul, I will <laughs> never forget that. I will never forget that. A lot of great laughs and a lot of respect for each other. Yeah, he gave you a shout out. That's killer. How about how about him as an influence and, and even probably more so the the thing that people always talk about with him as far as drumming, the, the drum sound, like the way those Pantera records sounded, his drum sounded amazing on all those records. Yeah, I think... And I can say this only for myself. I'm not a metal drummer. I'm not even a rock drummer. I'm a jazz funk guy. That's my roots. I grew up in the rock after I got in my first song band. I had to kind of listen to Meshuggah and Machine Head and all these Van Halen. <laughs> and I still appreciated rock. But then when I got into Pantera, when I was learning, you know, metal and stuff, this drummer didn't play like every metal drummer. Let's just say that on the record. He didn't. And I think when you hear this love, he doesn't play it. It's so musically done and so funky that how Pantera and bluesy and Southern rock, they really were, how they changed metal. It wasn't just a bunch of blast beats. The thing that I gravitated towards Finney Paul later in my later years of learning rock, it wasn't his double bass. It was his feel where he made the kick and snare land and taught, you know, the bands a lot of things about you don't have to be this just to be metal you can do this in metal and because i'm a jazz guy that's how i approach my drumming kind of like a Stuart copeland you know he's such a great drummer and such a big influence of my drumming that he's playing that kind of music are those kind of chops and those colors in pop music Benny Paul is death will never be forgotten. Yeah, I miss him. Miss him, man. Well, Chad, I appreciate yeah. all the, the stories and the time, man. And Thanks, Mike. Catch you later, Chad. Have a good one. All right. You do the same. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks, online at kcalfm.com. Adios, 